Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, the theme today, our deep needs, our deep need meets God's all-sufficient presence. Our deep need meets God's all-sufficient presence. So actually we are we are going through a, I would say, an exciting time finding deeper secrets of God in our journey. And we are truly grateful that he's revealing these secrets to our hearts. And we are finding places in our journey uh, that we never knew existed. So uh, one of those truths is what I am sharing this week. Our deep need uh, meets God's all-sufficient presence. When you have that kind of deep need in encountering God's all-sufficient presence, many things happen in our life. So as an introduction, I'd just like to share with you where we, from where we are coming. Uh, we're coming from the uh, experience of Pentecost, and the theme is more. We are reflection, and our theme is more. We want more of what the Holy Spirit is bringing into our lives. So I've been telling you in the last couple of weeks as well, this word more has two dimensions. So number one dimension of more is more signs, wonders, and miracles from the Holy Spirit. That is more number one. Because if you ask, we want more. And if you ask the question, why we want more signs, wonders, and miracles, the most simple answer is to share God's love with the suffering. Actually, there is no complicated answer to that. It's a very simple answer. God wants to share his love with those who suffer. So actually, uh, uh, bringing that to other people is to share the love of God. Now, for many years, we thought sharing the love of God is to you know, tell people about how Jesus loves them. And that's true. There's one way to tell them about the love of the Father. It's beautiful. But uh, signs, wonders, and miracles actually reveal that love to people. He cares. He, he wants to, he cares for you. So actually, uh, last Wednesday, uh, we had this beautiful experience uh, during, after the prayer meeting, you know, we were praying for, for people and this uh, young couple, comes up to me, you know. Uh, uh, the husband later, I found his age. He was 35. The wife maybe, uh, maybe 30, having two children. And uh, this is the first time they had come, you know. And then the the I asked them, what's your what's your issue? And he says, uh, doctors have diagnosed uh, that his nerve in the ear 
is dying. So the moment he said that, I picked up, you know, because this nerve and nerves healing is something that uh, the Lord seems to be revealing to us in these last few weeks. You know, not that we thought about it, but when you look back, several healings have taken place uh, to do with nerves. So it immediately clicked in my mind that, uh, you know, uh, here is another. Uh, the nerve is dying and the hearing is being lost. So I, we told him to remain till we finish praying for others. And then we prayed for him. So 50% hearing loss. And the first time he prayed, uh, he regained a little bit of hearing. The second time, more. And by the third time, uh, he was hearing normally from that year. And to see the wife uh, crying in happiness, you know, his joy and amazement on his face. And I just thinking to myself, uh, this is what God wants. He wants to love people in the situation they are in. And we are learning how to be a, a conduit for the Holy Spirit. That this love that the Father has, the love that Jesus has, the love that the Holy Spirit has, will be poured through us into the lives of others. So that's the more, the 50% of the more. And of course, it's a witness. So with love, there's always a witness. God is alive. He's real. He's there for you. People come to faith because of that. And they begin to have, a, their life becomes richer, full of uh, more blessing because uh, they realize that there is a God and he cares. So this 50% of more is really, really valuable. But again, I just remind you, that's only 50%. There's another 50%. And the other 50% that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us is holiness. And that's why the Catholic Church is teaching us of two sets of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you notice, if you go to confirmation class, they will not teach you from 1 Corinthians 12 but they will teach you from the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah, the gifts that are spoken of in the book of Isaiah are all gifts of holiness. More of the Holy Spirit, more so that we could grow into the image of God. We have brokenness. We have complications in our life. Many of us have hang-ups. Some of us are doomed. You know, many people are doomed to unhappiness because of the brokenness and the way they deal with life. So in that kind of situation, uh, unless internal transformation and change takes place, uh, every miracle is a temporary solution. Every, every breakthrough financially God gives us is a temporary answer because the inner being has not been actually uh, formed into the nature of God, holiness. And ultimately you go to heaven because of holiness. And that's why Jesus said, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody will come and say, I did miracles in your name. I chased out demons in your name. And he said, I will tell you that day, I do not know you. 
That is because they built the first 50%, but they neglected the second one, the second 50%, which is really being formed into the image of God. So I thought tonight, I'll offer you a beautiful description of this inner journey by the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah is teaching us how God is changing our nature into his nature. How we are growing into this gift of holiness. And I want to offer you that beautiful text. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 8. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 8. So we'll first take verse 5. And then we go on to the other two verses. So if you look at this verse 5, uh, I'll read it first and then I'll explain it to you. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So my brothers and sisters, I just want to, to break this down. You know, Number, the first thing I want to show that the, uh, uh, Jeremiah says, there are some people who are cursed. So now then, after saying there are people who are cursed, then Jeremiah goes on to explain who are the people who are cursed. And I want you to look at this, uh, you know, just to allow it to be a mirror, you know. How do you know whether that curse is uh, part of our own life? You know, so so let's uh, look at the three 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 types of people who are cursed. If you are writing down number one, Jeremiah says, "Cursed is the one who trusts in man." Now, what does that mean? Cursed is the one who trusts in man. So the if you look at that uh, very simply, uh, if you look at trusting in man, actually, we human beings, with our birth, we grow in relationship with other people. We are loved by our parents. Uh, we have uh, safe and secure environments. We are cared for. And then we, as we grow, we grow into love relationships. And our reality, our meaning, our, our fulfillment is in the relationships of other people. So when people appreciate us for what we have done, we feel really good. You know? When people value us for who we are, we feel validated. We feel happy, you know. But there's a catch in that. The catch is that people, like any one of us, do not remain consistent or the same. So therefore, this love, this value, this appreciation we receive from other people tends to shift, change, and we lose it. You know, I can't remember the names of these films, but I can remember the main actor, you know, uh, famous Hollywood actor, Michael Douglas, 
he acted in three films together with the same actress you know in the first one uh, they they charted the story of of a deep beautiful perfect love relationship in the second one they they charted the course of estrangement you know how they 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 grew apart you know and in the third one they described the hate that they had generated <laughs> and how they even harmed themselves to harm the other and then only we can see you know it's so beautifully seen cursed is the one jeremiah says who relies on men so when relationships change when age changes when when children become grown up when adults become children when we lose when our job becomes lost when we have to retire when lot of other stuff happens in our life if we depend on human beings jeremiah says you will go through pain praise the lord who on earth can who can you know we have to depend on human beings and then you get the bad eggs as well isn't it those who lie cheat and steal you know uh, they win your confidence and then they uh, they let you down you know? you know and then you know uh, people who who play the game of really manipulating people and being someone to some uh, to someone to, in in order to get them to agree to things you know hiding their true nature you can you can see if you rely on men you are bound to find unhappiness it's like being tossed in the on the ocean plunged to the bottom at a moment raised up to the top jeremiah explains it beautifully cursed is the man who relies on men and then you have the second one if you look at the text in the second one it says depends on flesh for strength who draws strength from mere flesh what do you mean by that you know the word flesh i would explain it tonight to you flesh means our own uh, methods of dealing with life coming from our own understanding from our own subconscious flesh what does that mean let me let me uh, explain it to you flesh our own method of dealing with life in other words some of us feel the best way to deal with a threat is to be aggressive and attack that's a that's a method that we build from the flesh somebody else feels the best way to have peace is to give in don't argue don't say anything it's an act of the flesh i know of a person you know in the relationship uh, they were having problems so I, so i was asking this person why don't you say something don't say what you think and he says the main thing i want is peace you know so to have peace he has submitted himself to somebody else and become a slave emotionally totally unhappy and saying i don't i don't want to live 
but die. <laughs> so you can see how the our defenses, our problem-solving methods are coming from the flesh. Sometimes it is about, you know, in, in, uh, in human relationships, it can be suspicion in marriages, you know. You can't help it. You know, you have to find out. You have to do this. You have to do the other thing. And in the end, our methods that we were using to try and find a solution ultimately creates a bigger problem. So you can see here. By now you understand, you know. The number three, the scripture tells us, is it says, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. Whose hearts turn away. What does that mean? Instead of seeking God, we seek an addiction. We try to find the addiction to fill the emptiness in our life. Instead of seeking solutions from God, we begin to seek it in light readers, in charms. Instead of seeking God, we try to find it in wealth or power. And Jeremiah explains, all three systems are cursed. Praise the Lord. A lot of people don't know this. They live their entire life running after human love. They spend their entire life uh, running, uh, try, trying, to, trying to meet their challenges from their own understanding, from their flesh. They spend their entire life running after an addiction to try and meet their needs, innermost needs. And, and uh, Jeremiah says, that's a curse. And look what happens in verse 6. He explains it beautifully. The result of it. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert. In a salt land where no one lives. In other words, unhappy, depressed, sad, insecure caught up, being shifted from event to event and lost. Can you see the, the, the issue that takes place? So what's the answer? Can you see now, if, if you live only at the natural self, if you live without the Holy Spirit bringing this other 50% of holiness into our life, the Bible says we are cursed. You'll never find what you're looking for. You'll waste your entire lifetime running after a mirage that really won't meet your innermost needs. But then Jeremiah points us in the right direction, beautifully given to us in the next verse. And if you look at verse 7, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Now look at the three curses. Trusting in men, trusting in your flesh, turning away from God to a, to a human source or a, or a black magic source for your deepest need. Curse. Then he contrasts it with a blessing. What's a blessing? Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. 
Of course, we can say we trust in the Lord. But let's see, is there something we need to learn about trusting in the Lord that turns our curses into blessings? So let's look at it together. Next verse, verse 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of the drought and never fails to bear fruit. My brother, my sister, it's really a beautiful revelation from our God. If the sun for a plant, if the sun is the energy sustenance, and if we equate the sun to the favor and help from God that we receive from time to time, and if the water, the rain, is the love we receive from human beings, for us to grow, we need God's help and favor, the sun. And we need the rain, the love and appreciation and value of other human beings. But there is going to be a time when the sun will stop shining and the rain will stop coming down into our lives. In the spiritual world, that is called dryness. In the spiritual journey, that is called walking into the darkness. And Jeremiah is explaining, if you are dependent on the good things of your life to, sit, to, to equate it with God's love for you, when good things don't happen, you're going to get into a crisis. If you have equated human love as the real love of your life, when human love stops, you're going to get into a crisis. But when you get into that crisis, you have an option. What is the option? To go deep instead of trying to find it outside. That is the next call of the spiritual journey. That's the next 50% more that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our life. When there is a delay in God answering, on the one hand. On the other, when there is misunderstanding, rejection, unfair action, going through pain from other people. Jeremiah is teaching us who will survive in that kind of harsh environment? Those who go deep into the heart of God. Praise the Lord. Yes. You can't find it outside. You can't find it from other people, but you find it inside your depths. That's why the psalmist cries out, deep calls to deep. And here the text gives it. It does not fear when heat comes. What is heat? Crisis. What is heat? Issues that don't have an answer. Heat. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves are always green. How is that? Because you are drawing life from that internal relationship with God. 
It has no worries in a year of drought. Needs are not being met. And never fails to bear fruit. The fruit of love, joy and peace not taken away. Why? Because we are finding the deeper source of God's love. My brother, my sister, if you don't go there, forever will be you and I. Forever stuck in the little things that are thrown at us by God. So I'm now thinking tailor-made, you know. <laughs> if you are having a problem, uh, it's tailor-made. Tailor-made by whom? Most probably God allowing it into your life that you will find him in the deeper place. Praise the Lord. Tonight, the question is, how do you find him in the crisis? How do you find the heart of God? How do you find that deeper place? If it is not by the favor you get from, uh, from God doing things in your life, if it, is, if it is not from the love that other people are showing you, where do you find that deeper place of God? Let me tell you the secret tonight. The deeper place of God is a person. I'm saying it again. The deeper place of God is not a place. It's a person. Who is that? It is Jesus, the Son of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise it the is Lord. having a relationship with Him that makes us capable of not having love from anybody else. It's having His favor and His presence with me that really makes it easy for me to walk through the valley of darkness. Psalm 23 beautifully says it. You know, I'm suggesting this week, read Psalm 23 as uh, finding the heart of God. You know, he says, when I, even though I walk through the valley of darkness, I will not be afraid for thou art with me. That's it. We have to walk in darkness. There will be seasons in our life. We have to walk through lack. There will be seasons in our life. We will have to walk through uh, rejection from human beings, misunderstanding. There are seasons. But God has given us his deeper place. The deepest place of God is his son. And having him is to have the deeper place, the water, the river, the source from which we can face and overcome every challenge. But we have a problem. So I want to talk to you about the problem. What's the problem? How do we find him? How do we hold on to him? When the going is tough, when the darkness comes, when people's love and expectations and relationship is lost, where do you find him? That's a question that Jesus himself answered. Matthew 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Look at the text. He went 
proclaiming the good news. What is the good news? You, do you know that God really loves you as a son and a daughter? He went told, telling people, and he revealed this love. How do you do that? Healing every disease and sickness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So therefore, Praise when they encountered Jesus, people encountered the depths of God, the heart of God. But he had a problem. The problem was he couldn't be in three, four places at the same time. So while he was healing the daughter of Jairus, he couldn't be in another place. Even to raise Lazarus, he had to wait four days to go there and raise him. So the problem was how could everyone receive this love, this depths of God's heart, into their life. Jesus tried in his ministry by healing every disease and sickness he met. But then he began to see that there's a big problem in this method. Verse 36, if you look at it. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw that people couldn't find this heart of God. They didn't have a shepherd. They didn't have Jesus to guide them into the heart of the Father, to have his love in their hearts, to have his favor in the darkness. He tried giving it to people, but uh, it actually uh, was not enough. So he sent 12. Then he sent 72. But in actual fact, it was never enough. That was the problem that Jesus was having. Look at the next verse. He's explaining it beautifully. Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Can you see that? Bringing this experience to people was so few. Harvest is plentiful. Workers are you, How many people to bring this experience to? Then verse 38, verse 38, yeah. ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So now Jesus was telling the apostles, you know, to reveal this heart of God to people, we need more people to come and do this. And then the gospel say, he went up to Mount Tabo to pray. So when he went to Mount Tabo to pray, he would have been praying, Father, how should this, how can I reveal your heart, your intimacy, your great favor to the inner depths of people? I'm healing them. I'm talking to them the good news. I'm forgiving their sin. I'm raising their dead. But how many times, so many people, how do I do this? And the father, he sent Moses, he sent Elijah and gave Jesus a unique solution. What's the solution? He told Jesus, you have to do three things for this experience to reach into the hearts of everybody. I've told these three things earlier, but I'm saying it again. 
he told Jesus, you must suffer, number one. Then he told Jesus, you must die, number two. And he told Jesus, you must rise from the dead. Many scripture scholars tell us, Mark, the gospel of Mark is like the first gospel. It's Matthew and Luke have uh, resourced from, uh, from Mark, you know. So in the gospel of Mark, after he comes down from Tabu, he talks about going to Jerusalem. And he doesn't do much miracles after that. He doesn't do much signs and wonders. Of course, he does it. But now his focus is this thing that I'm trying to share with people. What is the thing? The love and the intimacy of God and his care. To give it to them, I need to go through a transformation. Suffering, death, resurrection, and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My Praise brother, my Lord. sister, see what carefully what happened. What happened? Jesus went through suffering. And his suffering was meaningful because he submitted to the love of the Father in going through, you know, in the, in the gospel it's written plainly. He tells Peter, before Peter, Peter tells him, takes him to a side and says, you know, Lord, I won't allow you to do this. He tells Peter plainly, the son of man has to suffer at the hands of the leaders of the chief priests and the scribes. In other words, the top leadership of the nation must reject him. What kind of love is that, you know? <laughs> what kind of favor is that? He explains it. And then Peter says, Lord, I'll never allow that to happen to you. And then Jesus says, Peter, you don't think like, you don't think like God, you're thinking like man. You're thinking like a human being. You're thinking only of avoiding the suffering. Can you see this beautiful, beautiful truth? And yes, he dies. He suffers, he dies, he rises from the dead, and the risen Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit is now available for every person on the planet. Praise the Lord. You need to allow this, what I'm saying, to register inside your heart. The Jesus who walked with the people in Nazareth, who was close to the 12 disciples, they were the closest to him, were closest. Now, after the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this Jesus is even closer to you and to me. How is that? Because he's risen from the dead and through the power of the Holy Spirit, through baptism, he is dwelling inside your depths. So where do you find him? You find him when you stop the distraction with the external. <laughs> trying to get recognition from other human beings. Trying to be accepted and loved and secured with everything going fine with the world. You know, when that stops, when good things 
stop for a moment and you hit the crisis. When that stops, there's an invitation from the deep. Deep calls to deep. Come inside and meet the one whose love never changes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Come the Lord. inside and meet the one who is your resource, who will carry you through anything in life. Because I live inside of you. My brother, my sister, we'll never discover this in our distractions with the world, in our distractions with other human beings, in our distraction with trying to get satisfy ourselves in addictions and trying to run around externally. We'll never discover it. And we get lost. My brother, my sister, the invitation from the Lord himself, remain in me and I will remain in you. And I want to offer you one text tonight. I would like to read the whole thing, but I'm offering you one text. John 15, verse 7. Take it to prayer. Look at this beautiful thing. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. What power is that? Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. But look at this text. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. I'm going to offer you the secret. I'm teaching this in the in the classes we are doing. And I'm bringing it here tonight. My brother, my sister, words of Jesus remaining in me is simply this. See yourself, see the world around you through his words, not through your own understanding, not through the understanding of this world. That's how you remain in Christ. How do you remain in Christ? Hold on to his words. We need to hold on to the basic words, not just a word, my word, basic words. What are the basic words? Number one, he has carried my sin and paid for it. Remain in that truth. It will never change. He has carried my sin to the cross and paid for it. Remain in that. If you feel tempted, reject the temptation. Claim this. Number two, his blood has set me free. The efficacy of the blood of Christ will never change. So therefore, when, you, when, when I'm saying remain in me, I'm meaning remain in the fundamental truths that God has revealed. Remain in it. Then only you will remain with him. Number one, he, took, he died for me. Number two, his blood paid for my sins. Number three, he has made me a son and a daughter of God. He has made me a son and a daughter of God. 
Those things will never change. You can always come back to that. That's how you remain. Number four, I sit with him in heaven. So I suggest reading Psalm 23, sitting with him in heaven. <laughs> Not crying from, as poor abandoned children from earth. Sit with him in heaven and read and pray Psalm 23. You see the power of that flow. Number five, the resources of heaven are mine. Isn't that amazing? I'm practicing, you know. I'm saying, Father, I would like you to send an angel into this situation. And it's just, I'm hearing the Father say, why don't you send the angel? You are my son. You are my daughter. Why don't you send the angel? And I say, angel of God, enter into this situation. I say, Father, I would like a divine intervention in this sin. And he says, why don't you ask? Because it's your authority to have a divine intervention. You're sitting with him in heaven. Can you imagine, my brother, my sister, you know, those days we used to pretend, play pretend, you know, I'm the king, you're the queen. You know? <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, I used to live, enjoy living in imaginary world because I always want everything. So, so you're, because you're, you're, you're the champion in your world. You know? So, but I'm telling you this more. St. Paul says, he who can do for you more than you can ask or imagine. More than he can ask or imagine. So, remain in my word is to remain in these fundamental truths. As a beloved son, redeemed and loved by the Father, that that the resources of heaven are available. So when we pray with those resources, we have breakthrough. And that's from where healing comes. Supernatural power comes. And you begin to realize, wow, we didn't even see this. We were crying like orphans. And the devil kept us as orphans and said, you are orphan. You have no place. You have no worth. You have no value. Because we didn't have his, the Lord's word in our heart. We are the word of the world. We are the word of Satan moving inside us. That's why we need the shift inside our lives.